what is my very new and shiny podcast, The New Therapist in Town. My name's Amanda Hitchin and I'm a child and adolescent psychotherapist. Working in and around mental health with young people, I'm inspired by my clients every day, by their perseverance, determination and resilience to come back from the lowest points in their life. I've achieved many great things because of being inspired by and seeing the achievements and dedication of others around me. I want this podcast series to provide that opportunity for my listeners. This first series is focused on what motivates and drives inspiration. I'll be interviewing a range of people who have achieved wonderful things, overcome adversity and inspired others. I want to hear all about their passions and projects and find out what makes them tick. I want to discover what challenges they may have faced and what led up to where they are now. Welcome, hi. Hello. Hello, Nathan. Nice to meet you in person. Obviously, I've met you once before when I fangirled at the uh, (laughs) first sight gallery. I remember. (laughs) I just wondered if we could start by maybe you sort of explaining who you are and what you're up to. Okay. Uh, The boring side of it is my name is Nathan. Nathan Jones, I'm probably more famous for being um, background Bob's dad. Uh, background Bob is a uh, little project um, I started in lockdown with my son. My son, Noah, is uh, severely disabled. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started a little lockdown project where he paints backgrounds and sends them to artists to come and collaborate on them. Um, it's called the Background Bob Project because uh, that's his artist name, his little street art name, a little <laughs> there to sort of, um, I suppose, to uh, give them a bit of street cred and to. Uh, and to hide him a little bit in the in the world of social media without using his real name, but um, so we ran we've run this project uh, for the last three years. Um, it's been a I guess a huge success. I guess I mean uh, <laughs> certainly in my eyes it has been, and in, in the eyes of lots of other people, and it's been a really really lovely uh, project to be involved in. Brilliant. So that all sort of started in lockdown and. It did, yeah. Started in lockdown as 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 a, a silly little project to keep me and Noah occupied for half an hour. Yeah. And uh, that was the honest intention as well. It was we painted eight backgrounds. We had eight people in mind who would take part. Okay. Um, but the the power of social media made it spread <laughs> all over the world and uh, left us with a huge project on our hands, which was yeah, it was awesome because it's you know. Everyone was locked down, uh, we had nothing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it gave us a focus every day, which, um, you know, having a kid like Noah uh, really helps have a focus every day. Because um, what we hadn't sort of really counted on, you know, the, being locked down and having a world pandemic was scary enough, but also having um, someone who's deeply vulnerable mm. to, to ed life in general anyway. But we didn't know how his uh, condition would react to COVID, obviously, no one did. Mm-hmm. So um, we did kind of hide away slightly so and, and you know, isolate really quite heavily. But um, but reached out using social media to kind of keep that connection with people. I think um, we're quite a sociable family and I particularly found it quite hard the beginning of lockdown to not see people face to face. So. Um, it, it did turn to social media, kind of, uh, you know, we ran weekly and daily updates with friends and ran stupid competitions and, you know, background bump wasn't the sort of first thing that we, we did, but um, all of them were only for 
interaction and fun and, and I, I don't know, to lift the mood slightly. Yeah. It was very doom and gloom kind of on the news. It did feel like one of those, you know, Channel 4 films, didn't it, when it was all happening with the Prime Minister every day giving us an update of, you know, what was going on and the whole world being affected. It made it, made it really quite scary. Yeah, and yeah. I guess with <clears throat> Noah's, so what conditions does Noah have? Um, he has um, hydrocephalus, um, cerebral palsy and uh, epilepsy. He's also developed um, scoliosis, which actually developed over, um, over lockdown because mm-hmm. he'd probably, you know, because there was no hospital appointments uh, and no, you know, OTs coming out to the house and things like this, he wasn't being regularly seen. Which we understand, but you know it's it's been detrimental to his health, and uh, mm-hmm. now he has a huge curve in his spine, which is causing its own issues with breathing and uh, and um, being able to eat and lots of other long term problems, which um, sadly have kind of affected his life quite a lot. Yeah. But um, you know, it's we're we're quite a positive family as a whole, and and uh, you know if you get knocked, we just kind of get on with it. It's. Life's mean to a lot of people, mm-hmm. and um, but you know on the flip side, life can be good. So we yeah. try and keep it good, and yeah, it's not always like that, but we try. I think um, it's hard to kind of uh, you know kind of get out of the gloom of of the the sort of you know having a disabled child. It's kind of uh, you know it can be can really kind of get you down sometimes. But mm-hmm. actually, because and, and mainly because the world's not set up right now for them yeah. I mean, and, and um, so you know we have to plan every plan our visits everywhere you know it's like meticulously mm-hmm. regimental and sometimes that even then just puts you off your day yeah because you know I don't want to plan the day for two hours I just want to go to the park it's mm-hmm. so it's those kind of instances but um you know we're, we're trying to sort of keep that positive and it's actually really you know it's a he's a he makes it a little bit easy because he's you know he's lovely and happy and smiley and he's interactive and he just likes doing stuff so you know, to get out in the car and go to the, the seaside for the day, or go to a museum, or go to an art gallery. It was really lovely. But obviously during lockdown that yeah. all stopped, and we were sort of stuck here. It was like, oh God. I'll tell you what it did do, it made us realise kind of how much um, other people are involved in your life. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, how much um, they take away the, the mundaneness and the just everydayness of life. And uh, you know, it's like him going to school. Yeah, those social interactions and yeah, yeah, and you don't, you know, I mean, I, I thrive on them. I, you know, I, I love being around other people. I think, um, you know, their their excitement and their, you know, ability to look at life in different ways kind of is is infectious, and I think um, it it really helps me. That was, you know, I think probably my main problem during lockdown was kind of like just not seeing people, mm. and and this project just blew that out of the water it made it made us <laughs> yeah. it made it made me so busy it made me so um socially interactive it was unbelievable like probably too busy <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so before lockdown mm-hmm. what was your day job like what were you doing uh, i'm i'm a self-employed painter and decorator so um, okay. so actually during lockdown i did work a little bit um yeah. i was able to i was working outside and meeting all of the regulations that were kind of going around, not like Boris. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but uh, then it got to a point where um, uh, I, th- I think I just needed to be at home. I think kind of 
it felt right to kind of be off work. You know, it didn't seem as important to earn the money. No one was going anywhere. No one was spending any money. Yeah. And uh, we were in, luckily to be in a financial situation where I, you know, I didn't have to earn the money. Mm -hmm. So we decided to take some time off in lockdown and. And you know, and it's it's. I'm really glad we did that because uh, I don't think we'll ever get that family time back again. Yeah. You know, we had some great moments with our families in uh, in lockdown, and yeah. you know, the kids were kind of at the sort of right age. I've got an older son, Ruben, who's 18 now, but you know, he was he was only sort of 16 then, and it was it was quite nice. It probably would have just been a grumpy teenager up in his bedroom, <laughs> but he was yeah. he was so bored like everyone else. So he, he had to come downstairs and, and, and interact with us, which was lovely. Yeah. So, you know, and, it, and it's, it's just time you'd never get again. So, mm. you know, and, and for us, it's that way we look at stuff. You know, there's always that kind of, there's always the rough and the smooth. And, you know, if you can enjoy, enjoy the small wins, I think, um, mm -hmm. you know, then it helps you deal with all the, all the heavy stuff that you end up having to deal with, I think. Just changes your mindset and makes you feel positive. And they say boredom um, breeds creativity. Yeah, so I yeah. mean, what a what a selling point for you. <laughs> yeah. um, so this little project that went from you painting eight backgrounds mm -hmm. with Noah yeah. out in the garden was that yeah. right? It was all outdoors to begin with. Yeah, it was to start with. Yeah. It was lovely and sunny, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, we had yeah. a really yeah really big heat wave, didn't yeah. we? Um, so you went from doing eight backgrounds mm -hmm. as you were doing those, you know, trying to think of ways to entertain him. Yeah. Did you ever imagine? how that was going to spiral and no, escalate. No, I mean, like I said, I mean, we painted eight backgrounds. We had, you know, it took us about 45 minutes to get all the stuff out and kind of do it. And, and sometimes he's, he doesn't want to engage in it so much anyway. Yeah. It all depends on him. But actually that day he was very you know, expressive with his, with his arm movements and, and with his painting. So I was very happy to do it. And I thought he's painted eight great backgrounds. So I'm going to put it on social media and just say to, you know, who wants to kind of come and join in and I'm really like I said I'd earmark them for eight people who I knew would see my post and would join in yeah. and and it just went crazy like <laughs> I think 40 people kind of said yes initially in the wow. first hour wow and then okay. we were like oh okay and then the next morning I put up another post saying look if you send me an address I'll send you a background come and get involved and it it just went crazy then I mean to the point where I was at work and I had to, I had to just put my phone in my van mm -hmm. because it was stopping me from working because my phone was just going nuts with people <laughs> ringing up and messaging me saying, can I get involved? And, you know, I, you know, and I'm very aware we had a lovely captive audience because every, everyone else was, you know, yeah. at home and looking to get involved in itself. But, um, you know, the art world are, uh, you know, they are our family, are a, uh, you know, a lovely bunch of people that, Highly generous with their time, highly skilled, and 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 they always just get involved. I mean, I see it so much on social media, especially that you know that they they must they must do one painting for for themselves to sell and one painting for charity every time. It's just it's yeah. consistently good. I think it's a really good outlet for for uh, raising money. None of this was our intention. It was only just to have a bit of fun, you yeah. know, and it was to, and to and to interact with people, and <laughs> and we yeah you know, we couldn't have, we couldn't have made it any better at the beginning. It was just yeah. it just you know grew and grew and grew. Every day we got to paint backgrounds. We looked at my phone, 
uh, we had to then see who the next 20 people were we sent them out and it became like mass production it was line. like it was definitely there was, there was moments where it definitely felt like a production line but we had the time to do it and because it was you know if he only painted one or two in the morning it didn't matter because we had all day yeah you know so it's a, you know it's a little bit different when we came out of lockdown doing the same project but the the initial idea and, the, and how it spread uh, was you know it, it was a mixture of lots of perfect situations all coming together yeah you know, I was at home he was you know we were essentially bored yeah it was something yeah. creative to do it was a way to interact with people we had a captive audience yeah and even in a way I guess where the media kind of getting involved with it um, they were all looking for good news stories because all the world was doom and gloom so yeah. it was kind of it, it worked perfectly and um and then three years on we're still doing it <laughs> <laughs> well I think I caught on to the project sort of uh, what point was it so it's definitely the first the first project in lockdown and I think it was as you were sort of rounding up to the last, I think you'd sort of started to put a cap on it, and you said, "Like the last one's now." Yeah. I think you kept having to extend that, hadn't you? But yeah. I think it was around that sort of point that I sort of heard about the project and on on Instagram, and I was like, yeah. "Oh, this is phenomenal!" Like, and it just cheered me up every day, you know, because lockdown was what it was for everyone, and yeah. um, my my work role was in social care, and and that was horrendous at that point, yeah, as you can imagine. Yeah. So for me, it was like, wow, this is just what I need when I need to pick me up. Just yeah. seeing what, you know, all the smiles and the joy you were bringing I think a lot to of other people, people as well. We had a lot of messages from people just to say, keep going, keep going with it, keep going with it. Because I think we had families kind of, you know, logging in together at certain times. Because we tried to do our post of every time we the artists... Yeah our artwork got returned to us which was like Christmas every day <laughs> having wonderful artwork turn up and obviously we didn't know what was coming back so yeah. every day it was a surprise it was all addressed to background Bob my son Noah so instead of just getting bored in hospital yeah. letters he was getting this glorious artwork being sent to him <laughs> as well as numerous gifts of t-shirts and artwork and lots of fun stuff the, the artists also chucked in as well so but we quickly became aware that you know it was we were building this lovely following of people who were not only you know following it because you know there's a a little disabled boy kind of involved in it well it was actually because it was something really lovely and it was a reminder that that kind of you know people can do lovely great things when they all come together and uh and to, and to want to be part of it you know i said to my wife i said if i'd have seen that project i'd have followed it yeah because Cause was, the galleries was, were shut as well, yeah. so for people that are creative and have an interest in art, yeah, you know, you kind of brought art into their world when they couldn't otherwise access it. And another thing as well that, yeah. that we, we heavily shared art at the time, you know, the government were trying to slightly screw over artists and creatives by saying it wasn't really a job and you had to retrain and, you know, and as far as I'm concerned, you know, creatives are involved in every single thing that you see and do in yeah, life. I absolutely. Mean, you know, someone designed your phone, someone designed that pen. It's just, you know, they're, they're everywhere. Mm. And without it, it would be that horrible, you know, maths and physics and chemistry world, which, you know, <laughs> we need as well. Yeah. But, but we also need the flip side of that. And we need all of these, you know, cool, creative people around to kind of, you know, make the world a nicer functional and better looking place than what it would be and um so you know i think it um it it's strange with the project because it started out as a little project to keep my son entertained and as it's gone on 
we quickly realised it was so much more than that. Mm -hmm. You know, we had some lovely messages from artists who were being stuck in a rut and kind of weren't feeling creative and feeling yeah. down and then got involved in our projects and it uplifted them and got them back into it again. Yeah. You know, we had families who were saying, you know, kind of, you know, brought their family close together because it was something that they could share each night with each other. You know, the excitement of seeing who we'd managed to get involved and who <laughs> yeah. artists that had come forward, you know, like, no way, you've got them involved, you know. And, but also the opportunity for, you know, it wasn't all just famous artists, it was, it was, it was open to anyone. So yeah. it was nice to sort of, uh, you know, have, you know, young girls, young boys involved in it, you know, old ladies involved in it, and yeah. just come along and just want to do something good, be part of something good and, uh, and see what happened. I mean, you know, at that point, I think, um, you know, I felt like I was riding a horse and uh, I've never ridden a horse, so I imagine I'd be rubbish at it. <laughs> <laughs> at that time, it felt like I was, you know, I just didn't, I didn't know where it was going. Yeah. I didn't know what it was going to do. Mm -hmm. So all of the ideas were snowballing as we were going along. Yeah. Some of the ideas didn't quite work out. Some of them, you know, just became so awesome, it was unbelievable. You know, like getting an exhibition at first sight, we never thought that would happen. Yeah. How did that come about? Um, it sort of came about with, I felt like we wanted an exhibition. Like yeah. We were very aware of kind of COVID, it probably wouldn't happen. Um, but uh, like, <laughs> like most things I do, um, I just, I think, I think we wore them down. <laughs> Determination. <laughs> I think what it was initially was um, we started just, you know, hashtagging them and kind of Instagramming them and you know, tagging them in everything. Yeah. But then artists started doing the same thing. And at the time, obviously, you know, they were shut and, you know, looking to reopen. But obviously, because they'd been shut, they didn't really have, mm. a, I suppose, a next show to go on to. And mm. kind of their schedule was all over the place. So maybe had an opening. And, uh, and um, one of the guys from First Life actually rang me up and said, like, I don't know what this is all about, but can you can you brief me quickly? And I, I think I talked for about 30 seconds, and he was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, like, I like the idea of this project. This sounds nice. So. And we just, and, and they said yes very quickly. So, you know, and it was all very sketchy because we didn't know if it was going to even open or not. And mm -hmm. it was, you know, the, you know, the um, restrictions were changing on a weekly basis and I didn't really want to put lots of work into it if it wasn't going to happen and no one was ever going to see it and, mm. and you know, then it kind of, it was just stuck in a, stuck at first sight and I couldn't do anything with it then because yeah. if it's on display, it's on display and it's sharp, I can't just, I even go and get it, can I? So, no, of course, um, yeah, all the pressure's artwork locked yeah. away. And then that sort of made us then kind of make the book because it was like, mm. you know, we'd never made a book before. Another, you know, <laughs> another horse to ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was that was probably that was probably the biggest horse to ride that one because we'd never done it before. You know, I hadn't realised how many different kinds of papers there are. <laughs> you know, book head. Yeah. Well, that was the main thing. Every time you pick up a book now, you're like, oh. yeah, yeah. You know, I was getting sent all these like uh, like different sort of samples of paper, and I was saying to my wife all be all the same. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't really know, but actually, you know, looking back now you know three years on and you've done it again and again you don't then fussy about the paper <laughs> <laughs> your paper's not yeah, yeah so you know yeah, this is you know so you can't have there was no there was no foresight into any of it it was like a big bumbling mess which kind of you know i think kind of most people's most people's lives are even if i think you're kind of really planning you can plan all you like mm -hmm. but life life likes to throw curveballs oh, yeah. and it makes you know and then what you're doing 
So, you know, I think kind of, we just went, we went with it. We decided to say yes to as much as possible and kind of uh, ride that horse while we could. And, you know, saying yes to news and saying yes to kind of reporters coming around and, you know, terribly anxious and shy about it all. But I was thinking, but it is a good story. Yeah. You know, and kind of like, you know, wouldn't it be lovely if we were kind of one of those nice stories that come out such dark, horrible times and, yeah. you know, and it is, and, you know, COVID will forever now be a moment in our history, at least. Yeah. You know, in a hundred years time, maybe not. But I mean, it's, it's something that touched our lives and our generation. So, you know, it'd be nice that we were one of the nice things that come out of it, at least. Definitely. Yeah. But not only that, to bring other people, you know, those nice experiences too. And, yeah. and to bring that into other people's lives who might yeah. have been you know, lonelier or down, men struggling with mental health. And, yeah, exactly. You know, to bring that positivity into the world is just what we needed at that point. So. Yeah, and I think art is, you know, for me, I mean, um, I think art's an enormous therapy. I think I think it's massively underrated. I think anything arts and crafty, getting, getting kids and adults kind of using their hands and their minds creatively mm -hmm. is um, probably, you know, I'd say probably one of the best therapies there are there because you can get lost in it you can produce something you can you know you can open up you can you know put your heart and soul into paintings and, and put and um, you know things that you make so and and also the the other side of it being that you know people don't want to maybe own that piece so you're passing kind of your your therapy on and I think um, I think that's you know must be I mean I'm, I'm not a massively creative person so I have the creative ideas, but um, <laughs> but not the hands. <laughs> to, to do it, you know, maybe a bit of potato printing, <laughs> something like that, which is you know frustrating. But book four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, background box has potato, potato prints. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not going to be a bestseller that one. <laughs> but you know, it's, it is something that you know we we really um, I don't know I I, I really love the power behind creativity for therapy i think it's um yeah. i think it's so great it's, you know my noah follows a creative um curriculum school so they're constantly making stuff and constantly coming up with like cool little ideas and the teachers there are just uh, awesome that the way they just turn a piece of paper into a duck and then send it home stuff on a cup and you think <laughs> well that's actually really good <laughs> you know and i just think uh having that fun with with that kind of Creativity is just awesome. I think you know, it's, it and it makes people smile. You know, it kind of makes people happy. It, but it's the it's it's not just the creator. It's the it's the audience of the of those people. You know, mm -hmm. I'm very aware that there's lots of um, mental health issues uh, and and lots of um, lots of conditions kind of involved in. In the art world and artists you know mm -hmm. it's sadly kind of people who are who are um, you know shy and uh, and you know sort of introverted are often massively creative and massively mm -hmm. talented at something and um and you know i don't know how to say i don't know if i say shame it's not because it's not shame but it's um it, it's it's strange that something sort of that should be so sort of celebrated and show adored by so many people kind of isn't the isn't the outcome of that because the people who who are creative are kind of shy and, and introverted, introverted and yeah. don't want to kind of show off their amazing skills whereas 
because I can't do it. I am just like in awe of people who can paint and draw and yeah. you know and you know dance any of those kind of, any of those creative things for me. You know, I think there's a dancer in you somewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah, rubbish one. <laughs> You've got dad dancing. Yeah, dad dancing at a wedding maybe. Yeah. So, so we're on book three. Yeah. Yeah. How's that going? It's doing well. The book, yeah. book's selling quite well. It's um. Yeah, the book for me has been probably the nicest bit because it's uh, it puts sort of background fog, sort of uh, you know around and and in people's hands and, and it's tactile and it looks great and and you know it's 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 a good way of uh, lots of people having a small part of our project at a, you know a decent price. Yeah. You know, because we sell all, we sell this, you know, sell all the artwork every year, and, yeah. and they all go really expensive. Yeah. And we, we can't afford them either. So, uh, which is lovely because lots of people out there are buying them, and lots of money gets raised for charity. But the book is all of it. You get the whole project. You also get a little blurb from us, and you get a little story, you get a little back history in our family. You know, you get to see, you know, who put it all together, and uh, it's an, you know, and it makes a nice little catalogue. Yes, they look great when you've got all three. Yeah, they do. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I definitely was on eBay that day that you did the first auction, and yeah. I was like, whoa, this has gone past what I could ever well, dream I mean, of. We couldn't. I mean, we, we were, when we was, um, before the auction started, on the morning before the auction started, my oldest son said to me, how much do you think you'll raise? And I said, well, there's 240 pieces. Mm-hmm. I said, let's say, like, every piece raises £100. And I said, and I'm, I'm very aware that there's some pieces there that will raise £500 straight away. So factor in every, every piece is £100. So that's £24,000 we'll get. That's and he was crazy. like, wow. wow. <laughs> I think we have £24,000 in the first two hours. That's phenomenal. Because everyone bid up everything. Yeah. And then we went on the new BBC, we're on BBC Breakfast News for I think the seven minutes. And when we came off, Breakfast news it had gone up to like fifty two grand. That's phenomenal. So that seven minutes of mainstream <laughs> yeah. TV. And, yeah, there's a know. whole new audience because obviously yeah. you know older generations may not be on Instagram, exactly. may not have even heard of it. Yeah. Um. So it brought it into every home, really. Yeah, it, and way? I think what was nice, I think you know, there's a certain amount of people buying artwork. There's a certain amount of people buying into the story behind it all, yeah. and the family aspect, and and and, and Noah himself. And then there was obviously a certain amount of uh, charitable giving where people were wanting to help. You know, it was for the, you know, it was for the NHS and the Children's Ward Colchester Hospital. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's lots of very generous people out there who can afford to, you know, pay over the odds for for things. And, yeah. uh, and it's lovely that they do so because it you know it helps our project keep going and uh, and, and obviously raised raised a load of money for our local ch- hospital, which um, yeah. is brilliant because again it's it's helped us. Uh, reach a goal that we never thought would happen. So, the funding for from our first project, all the profits, which was just, I think about a hundred grand, we raised. That's amazing. Is that with book sales? That was with book sales. Wow. Yeah, okay. I think it was. Ju- I think it was just a little bit short. That's annoying. I think it was like <laughs> seventeen quid short. I'm sure you've sold a book or two yeah, for the first collection yeah, since yeah, then. Yeah. yeah. And um, <laughs> but they the hospital were very cool and they kind of we sat down with the charity organisers and they said look. Um, so, you know, you've raised the money, you get to kind of have an input of how you spend it, wow. which I hadn't realised. Yeah. Well, we were just going <laughs> to another project. Hand over <laughs> a chair. So I don't want any more work. <laughs> you spend it. Um, well, we thought of uh, a sensory room at the hospital because they haven't got one, and you know, there's lots of 
to kids like that kind of stuff. And yeah. so we and you know for us we spend quite a lot of time in hospital. Well, we have done over the years, mm -hmm. and it's just one of those lovely, safe sort of uh, fun spaces away from the hospital bed because it can be yeah. draining. And I think um, and also you know some kids go into hospital and don't come out of hospital. So mm -hmm. I think for some parents if you can you've got a safe fun colourful space where you, you get to spend some time with your kid um, you know it can be one of those you know, everlasting memories and I think you know us being responsible for that is you know yeah you know, we're, we're very aware that um, you know that we might be in that room one time and we might, might never be in that room again so it's uh, you know it's um, it's it's nice to go personalise and kind of put some fun back into hospitals, you mm -hmm. know, like, you know, I know they all do their best and, and kind of, you know, the day nurses in the hospitals are great and some of the areas are great, mm -hmm. but some of them aren't and yeah. they forget about those that, um, you know, you're allowed to be ill, but also you're allowed to kind of just be in there being ill and still have some fun. Yeah. It can be quite sort of daunting, especially, especially for a kid, you know, yeah. we know what's going on as adults and kind of be able to suffer and put yourself through it kind of just for an end goal but you know you kind of still want to go and play and do stuff and mm -hmm. in the sensory room especially for us isn't it you know it's, it's a quiet area where you can get some you know just just some time parents can kind of get away on the bed but also you know see their kid having some fun and uh the other and the rest of the money because the, the sensory match i think is opening in a couple of weeks time yeah it? i saw that about so this recently. it's quite yeah. exciting so we've been invited to go along and open it but um <laughs> I'm very much looking forward to it. I think I'm going to find it quite emotional. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's something that, something really tangible. I mean, so far, you know, we've been raising all this money for, for the hospital, but obviously, to we've never really had any of it. To become something, yeah. Yeah, to actually see the end goal of it all yeah. be really, really amazing. And, um, you know, and to know that kids are going to enjoy it and families are going to enjoy it, family lock hours. Yeah. And uh, the rest of the money that they, because I don't think they spent all of the money doing it either, so rest of the money is going to go to um, uh, expanding the outside area and the garden area which again is something you know exciting for us because uh, again we're in a place where kids can fresh air. be themselves yeah. you know you can get outside for a bit you know. a bit of nature yeah, yeah. get some fresh all those air. things that ground you and give you some well-being yeah, yeah yeah and it was you know that was uh, that was our intention as soon as we were we thought we were allowed to spend the money it was mm. you know the government should be buying heart monitors and you know MRI scanners and all that kind of things and I didn't feel like we should be so we sort of said you know what's at the bottom of your wish list because that will never get done yeah and um, and sadly essential room is near the bottom of the list so we chose to yeah to make that and actually it was quite nice to have something in its entirety mm -hmm. so instead of just sort of being some money that goes towards, towards something, something yeah we actually got to do a whole thing that's yeah. tangible now to the project which um it will, yeah. yeah. I mean, the the thousands, you know, pretend, you know, the families that are gonna benefit from that would just yeah. keep giving back in a way, won't yeah. you? Yeah, you know, for us that's really nice, especially yeah. as it being a century room because there's a, you know, it'll be a heavy, it'll be heavily used mainly by you know, kids with 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 um, disabilities and and conditions mm -hmm. that kind of need a century room. But I mean, yeah. you know, we could all do with a century room from from time to time. So, yeah. you know. Absolutely. Adults kind of get their sensory room in a you know in a different way. It's just they don't need to go to a room to go and do yeah. it. But you know I wouldn't mind every now and then going to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but actually you know that ongoing 
medicalised trauma that comes with having a health condition and mm-hmm. having a disability where, you know, as adults, if we had a trauma, if we were in an accident, we wouldn't constantly go back to the same site of that accident, would we? But, no. but when you have a medical condition or a child, doesn't it? you have to constantly re-experience these things. Yeah, so do, yeah. that anxiety is bound to be there and that's without having any additional needs or disabilities. So yeah. it's just phenomenal that every child will be able to access it yeah as and when they need it we've actually gone sort of like full circle on that we're kind of um uh, at at the hospital now we've become so sort of familiar with staff that actually when noah's ill and he's poorly hospital for us is like a it's become like a safe place yeah because it 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 grounds us slightly it takes some of the panic away kind Of of if you're in a crisis and there's other people who can take over if you know if mm-hmm. the shit hits the fan? I guess is, you know is the phrase, uh, and and so and and also that they, he's been going to the hospital so much that um, they just they know him, so they know that you know his his numbers read lo- lower than everyone else, his oxygen levels read lower than other people. Yeah. Whereas if I took him in to another hospital, they would panic straight away. Yeah, but but they don't have to do that because it's they've dealt with him so much. Yeah. And actually, they all just call him background Bob now, which is hilarious. <laughs> oh, but he they all that. come in and go, "Where's oh, background Bob in?" So, and it's not that he loves it because, you know, that's that's the, I suppose the most important thing about the project really is is that we've raised lots of money. We've raised, you know, we've brought this family of people together who've mm-hmm. followed the whole journey, which has been lovely. You know, uh, we've made some books and um, had some huge auctions, but you know, having my little boy at the centre all of that it's just been yeah. incredible you know to give him his uh, 15 minutes of fame and song <laughs> has been yeah. you know i mean he's turned into a bit of a diva now i have to say like yeah. he, he is background bob now so <laughs> and it's uh, and it's hilarious to watch because we we go down to the um down to first sign go and take him to the exhibition to meet up with artists and fans and whoever wants whoever wants to meet us we'll try and get down to say hello to them and um and as soon as he we say we're doing that he he can be in a foul mood, and as soon as we say we're doing that, he lights up and he yeah. loves doing it. And sometimes, literally, he goes down there, says hello to them, and gets back in the car and back back in the foul mood again. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, That's so, on a nice so performance for his audience. He's done his role. Yeah, so I better go to work and be background Bob, which is which is hilarious because you know he's you know he's he's a fourteen, nearly fifteen now. So you know, despite his disabilities, he is a he is a grumpy teenager. <laughs> so you know, yeah. he's no different. Brilliant, thank you so much. So what was what was life I was gonna say what was younger you like? So tell us a little bit about the man behind background Bob, the dad. (laughs) Um, What was younger Nathan like? (laughs) I think I was always I mean I was always kinda slightly getting into trouble. (laughs) But I but I had I had to kind of I don't know, I had like a good I know I had a good heart when I was a kid. Like I Mm. you know, I spent a lot of time with my nan. My nan was um you know, she was a very lovely woman, and uh, she she grounded me. It was always kind of I was much more worried about disappointing my nan than my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I didn't spend all my time with my nan, so I was allowed to be <laughs> naughty. And then I just wasn't when I was around my nan. So I had a nice balance of mixture of that. You know, I had a you know my mum and dad. My dad's in the army. My dad was in the army, so we had a military kind of lifestyle where we travelled around every two or three years. Mm-hmm. I think. 
bit's probably, you know, it was nice and it helped, I think, kind of, because you don't stay in the same place. Um, and also, um, it, it made, it made it, it, I think for me, what it made me do, it made me kind of make friends easy, because you kind of have to. Mm -hmm. Every two or three years, you just move. Every two or three years, you just move. Yeah. And that, normal families don't do that. So it was actually quite nice to, to you know, go to all these different countries and places that we went to. Some of them awful, but you know, some of them lovely. But, yeah. um, but, it, but you had you had new schools, new familiar surroundings, different different surroundings. So you have to you had to adapt a lot, and I think kind of you know I learned a lot from that. Mm -hmm. But then also I, I um, ended up spending the last four years of my school life having to go to boarding school. Because I got to an age where we're travelling around, and um, and you know you can't just keep ch changing school during your GCSEs yeah. and your A levels and stuff like that. And, yeah. and it's very common in the army to you know, with army kids to be put into a boarding school for that, those four years of your life if you're going to stay on or do A levels. And I think for me that kind of taught me loads of you know, independence and again kind of um, you know life skills of living with people. You know, so yeah. Living with people can be stressful. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Adapting to other personalities. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and you know and the hierarchy of life and all of those kind of things. You know when to when to get involved in arguments, when not to. All of those kind of things when you live with lots of people. Yeah. So uh, I think I've kind of stood me kind of quite well kind of in life. I mean, um, you know. And then I went off. I uh, did a few kind of like you know dead end jobs like everyone does. Kind of trying to sort of find yourself a little bit mm -hmm. and realizing what you want to do and actually. I never had a plan. Yeah. So when I was a kid, I left school, stayed on to do A levels just because I didn't really want to leave school. Yeah. Um, and chose these ones. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. didn't do tremendously well at those either. So, uh, so you know, there was no kind of like um, you know, massive kind of educational um, qualifications came out of being at school. I kind mm -hmm. of, I kind of just sort of bumbled through it again. Yeah. So I think I kind of. I think I'm just a bit of a bumbler. <laughs> That's what maybe it maybe is. You've just realised. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like my therapy session. <laughs> I'm now a bumbler. But, but you said you were a painter and decorator. You said you were no good with your hands. So yeah. I, I hope that's not a testament to your work. <laughs> you haven't seen it. I didn't paint this one. I think, I think the thing is, well, I've wanted... Uh, I, uh, I've never really, really liked authority. So I, don't, I definitely don't like being told what to do. So, because I think kind of, I, I think that kind of the world's too small and there's just so many options for someone to tell me what to do, it kind of just feels so rubbish and so inappropriate that I just don't like it. Mm. And I think so, working for other people, for me, was always just a no, I just, I just never wanted to do it. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do to be self-employed. But um, I got offered a job to, to do an apprenticeship with another painter and decorator and I, took it and actually really enjoyed it and mm -hmm. I really I like turning the you know the kind of the ugly into the pretty mm -hmm. um, you know that kind of uh, quite a lot of my work at the beginning was kind of heavily kind of into restoration of older buildings so yeah. there was a lot of you know stripping back all the horrible layers to make it pretty again and I really kind of enjoyed that and actually you know to preserve something and to improve something mm -hmm. kind of I suppose was my creative side I guess yeah. And um, I've been doing that now 25 years, and kind of I just I just really like it. It's something I know I'm good at it, and uh, and it's something I really enjoy. I've got a you know I live in a lovely little village in the middle of nowhere now, 
captive audience of customers, which is lovely. <laughs> Just decorating all the neighbours' houses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and maintaining the, you know, the lovely look of the area where I live in, which is perfect. Yeah, that's so, brilliant. Yeah. So where does your passion for art come from? And particularly, you're quite into, I've noticed, and correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of street art and, yeah. you know, really quite rebellious art, which I love, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, is that because you're always so precise and having to be so neat and lined <laughs> with work that you're just like, oh, I wish I could just go crazy and sort that, of spray paint? <laughs> yeah, there's loads of this, that came from, my love of street art just come from, you know, there's a, there's a street art when I, when I was younger was on the street. It's so, street art is so different now. There's, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's still lots of lots of the generations of people still painting on the street for free. It's just been done by the person for no other reason than the person wants to paint it, mm -hmm. and that's kind of what street art actually is. And then obviously some of those street artists became famous, and it's like make some money out of it, and then it becomes into prints and things people can hang on the wall. And, you know, and kudos to that too. Brilliant. I mean, I love that. Um, I think the the love of it. I think some of it came from the rebellious side of it, like you said. Yeah. I like the yeah. fact that you know, when you <laughs> when you first saw it, it was normally kind of on the train, kind of yeah. as you're coming into London, <laughs> yeah. and uh, you know it normally said something hideous. It was normally <laughs> big naughty words, some big yeah. naughty word, yeah. up and you <laughs> on were a like, bridge. Oh or... <laughs> my god! You know they broke that massive, but then I think, oh, you know, who, who did that? You know, kind of like and all yeah. that kind of sort yeah. of jeopardy of being okay. caught. The rebellious nature of it. The I quite liked the sort of scruffiness and the and how sort of how unorganized it all was and mm. how people just you know painted over the next person over the next person and and this history of layers were being built up but also you know there's lots of social comments being made uh, and uh, you know views you know some of it some of it was just pretty some of it was you know some of it was hideous yeah. but but it you know anything that kind of invokes a feeling uh, for me is uh, is just important and and slowly over the years, I kind of followed it. Slowly, I started kind of collecting pieces by certain artists that I really liked, and started attending street art festivals, and that's kind of when my passion, I guess, kind of like reignited. Because for me, it's not just about the it's not just about the artwork. Kind of, you know, I like to sort of see the process mm -hmm. how it's made, and uh, I like to meet the artists if I can. And I think kind of uh, finding out something about the piece kind of really helps or meeting the person behind the piece yeah. kind of just adds something extra to it you know, especially if you can talk for it at length to, with them it's um it's really nice to find out kind of like what makes people tick and kind yeah. of you know why they're painting bees because you know sometimes they can be a six foot tall you know bloke who looks like a football hooligan and they're painting the prettiest of daintiest yeah. of flowers and you're like that doesn't go together but you know but, but it's beautiful yeah but it's lovely way, you know yeah. and it's and it's eye-opening to see that you know and, and the thing is with um with the street artwork because they all all use pseudonym names and stuff yeah you know you never know if it's a male or a female or or who they are kind of <laughs> painting because a lot of the times the names kind of you know are just a word yeah so i can't tell you know so you bump into some people sometimes say oh my name is so and so and you think oh really i thought you were a female artist you know and you're not you're just a great big burly man you know <laughs> but it's lovely to see that that interaction kind of like between kind of what they what they paint and kind of who they are as people yeah you know? and, and for me I'd, I'd much rather especially if i'm buying art i'd much rather buy art of someone i like than someone i don't 
Yeah. You know, if I've only got money, yeah, I've only got two hundred pounds to buy something, I'd rather it. You know, go to someone that's nice. <laughs> yeah, because there's always fifty yeah. people out there who who's like, oh, I could buy, but I'd rather go give it to someone I like or you know someone who has a backstory that kind of you know resonates with me or, you know, it's important I think to <coughs> to sort of connect and surround yourself with people who are on your sort of wavelengths and kind of who you you know who you look up to or who you just you know kind of admire and all of those things i think um the world's you know full of all of the other dross <laughs> you know there's loads of them already and i think kind of you know to trying to make the connections with the right people is kind of one of life's challenges but it, it's nice when it happens yeah so um you've told me of some of the challenges that life has you know sent your way of course but mm-hmm. um have there been any other, you know, real big challenges that you've had to overcome? And sort of what got you through that? Yeah, the um, it's strange actually because the, 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 you know, the project kind of started just as a bit of fun and, and, and it became and became what it became. But actually, for us as a family, it's actually really given us strength in sort of our darkest times. You know, mm-hmm. and we've reached out to all of these people. And um, there's a couple of examples of, sort of last October, Noah was, <coughs> was really, really poorly. And um, sadly, he was in hospital and we didn't think he was going to pull through. And it was the first time we really had to accept as, as parents that, you know, our son is very vulnerable and mm-hmm. one day he's probably going to go to hospital and not come home with us. And, um, and in the meantime, we kind of had, had all the project running in the background and, uh, and we were in the middle of producing the book and getting ready for an exhibition and we were trying to drive that forward whilst this was going on and in the end we just said actually we just need to we need to stop all of it yeah. because don't you know we've got enough going on right now but also I can't concentrate on it I'm not giving it my best mm-hmm. it can just it can be halted it's not the most important thing in the world mm-hmm. uh, and also you know I wanted to get it right so but we drew on uh, you know the love and support of of our new background whole family yeah. you know lots of people who it's strange when you have a crisis it isn't actually always your closest friends who reach out mm-hmm. it's you know it's always uh, you know we found that it was you know just random people who were saying really lovely supportive things and, and giving us good advice and you know just giving us that you know shoulder to cry on or the out you know the sort of outlet to to vent and things like that because all of those things I think are really really important I hadn't really hadn't really needed it or, or hadn't really um, thought about it or I think needed it is the real is the right word I, you know I kind of like I said I bumbled through life so I kind of haven't had much uh, need for kind of sort of that kind of support but actually then I, I really did need it and, yeah. um, and I found it really really beneficial you know I've made lots of new friends through through that round but friends who are you know, surpassed, you know, lifelong friends mm-hmm. for just this short moment in time because of what they've done and, and the uh, relationships that we've built since then. I think it did us all really good uh, having the project running at the same time yeah. of that. Um, I remember you know, that time and seeing it, you know, you were quite public and honest. Yeah. And I just remember just feeling like my heart just went out to you. I think I actually reached out to you. you did, and, yeah. 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 Um, under my alias, obviously, uh, not the new friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but it, you know, 
I felt invested in your family because you had taken us on this journey for the last three, four years, almost yeah. four years now, almost. Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah. you know, and yeah, and I'd met, I was lucky enough to fangirl and met, <laughs> you know, Noah at that point as well yeah. for the gallery. So, yeah, I just think we were all, I guess, and I'm speaking on behalf of everyone, I don't know, but I know that I was certainly, you know, as soon as I saw it, I was, I was so on it and I was like, my God, my heart is with you. Um, yeah. You know, I can't do much, but if I could do anything, you know, just yeah. to get you through that time, because it must have just been horrendous. And it was, yeah. And actually, you know, we, we, we kind of hunkered down initially and kind of, you know, me, me and my wife, Laura, we're, we're a good unit. Mm -hmm. but, you know, um, she's the eternal warrior and kind of, but she's the, she's the headstrong, organised one. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think a lot of the worry comes from just being the mum, you know, kind of. Oh, and, of course. You know, and you know, and I'm the, I guess I'm the one who sort of says it'll be all right in the end, kind of, you know. But oh, I don't really know if it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm just the reassuring one. I, I tend to worry, I tend to not worry about things that are out of my control because I, I find it just wasted time and wasted headspace. And, mm -hmm. you know, if I'm not in control of it, then it doesn't matter. It's, it, me worrying about it isn't going to change the outcome as far as I'm concerned because it's yeah. still going to either happen or not happen. So. And um, and I've been I, I don't know just maybe say I haven't had my brain work my brain just doesn't allow me to worry about stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know I don't know if that's a you know if that's a healthy reaction to it or not. But I think um, when Noah was ill, my my thinking kind of changed. It wasn't about the about the worry side of things. It was just maybe that maybe we should be a bit more prepared mm. and maybe should. You know, have more conversations about this time because mm. uh, you know I, I don't think we'd as parents had really done that. Okay. We kind of shied away from it, and every time you sort of think about you know the worst happening, we um, you know we just stop talking to each other and just rush it over and kind of think of something else and yeah. carry on with something else. And I think you know, I think it's a natural course, way yeah. to act, but um, but uh, the incidents in in sort of October November kind of just made us make decisions and it brought it sort of to the front and um, I think it actually really helped. I think it, um, mm -hmm. you know, it, it brought us closer together, I think. So, yeah. you know, we've always been quite tight anyway, but um, you know, it made us a good team and it made us really close together. And, and, and um, put us on the same page, which was really nice because you never really know kind of how, how the other person is thinking and feeling. And yeah, and I think when you have a child, with all of those needs and constant demands and hospital appointments and work and family, you know, everything else that comes into just being a family. Yeah. Actually, you're so busy and swept up in it all. There's probably not time to consider exactly. where yeah. you're at and what you just do, don't you? You don't really... You yeah, don't I mean, really it just time. never seems like there's enough hours in our day all yeah. the time. You're, sort of, you're constantly... <laughs> you know, Get from day to day. Yeah. yeah. Mean, you know, there are days sometimes where you sort of think, oh can't wait till Noah goes to bed because then kind of like that's the only time me and Laura kind of get to ourselves and respite and stuff and some days that's that definitely takes all day to get there and other nights it just flies and you know you don't want them to go to bed yet because you have yeah. fun and you know, but it's, you know, it's not like I said it's not, it's not much different to everyone else's life it's just it's you know it's just uh, it's just the you know the mundane and hustle bustle of life isn't it like uh, yeah. some days are good some days aren't good but yeah. Uh, it was test. It was testing that period in time, and um, and you know there was times where we reached out to certain people and, and reached out to certain organisations, and you know and we we got 
we got a lot of support from behind us. The other occasion was um, when Noah started getting better. He was off school and we were struggling because he was off school so much and we could see like it wasn't helping him. But And school kind of um, said that they couldn't take him back because of all the position changes and everything they needed and they would have to kind of get it all, get some new equipment and then it was got all got to be reviewed and, mm -hmm. and you know, sadly the whole process just takes months and months and months yeah. for anything to happen and like I know I know there's a protocol and you know and there's a queue and there's all lots of other kids involved and it's not just about my special kid but um, I just didn't feel like I could wait for him to go back to school so I asked the school what he needed to go back to school they said he needed a special bed so I put a post out on social media and mm -hmm. said you know I opened up my heart I guess and explained the whole situation and just said I, you know I don't want to ask but I, I am if, if anyone wants to put it into a GoFundMe to get this mm -hmm. bed so no I can go back to school we need £8,000 and I, I think the background of family behind us all our fans they mm -hmm. raised it in two hours that's amazing <laughs> yeah I mean it, like, it was the most yeah. Probably one of the most emotional days of my life. Like, yeah, because you know, that was something you actually needed. Yeah, and, and you never know kind of you know how these things are going to be received. But also, we d we d honestly didn't feel comfortable asking yeah, anyone. And my wife, my wife actually said no, and I just said I'm I'm going to do it. Yeah. Because even if we raise two thousand pounds of it, the school don't have to raise the two thousand pounds. It might happen quicker. Yeah. And so I had a phone call with the um, headmaster the day before and said, "What does he need?" They said he needs this bed. Um, I think we can sort some funding out. And I said, well, I said, well, maybe we can help you with that, but I'll see if we can sort something out. And then I rang him the next day, and he answered the phone, and he said to me, he said, um, oh, have you got another query about the bed? And I said, no, you can have the bed, because we'd already raised all of the money already. So, you know, to be able to do that was great, you know. And also, the bed isn't just used by Noah, it's used by other kids at school as well. But, um, yeah. But it was the main bit of equipment that Noah needed. So And also to get him back on track in life because yeah. his life had been so disrupted, I guess. Yeah, and to, you know and, and what was so nice was reading all the comments, it was like, you know, people were saying, you know, background Bob's done so much for so many other people and you know, it's time to mm -hmm. get this little boy, you know, let's help this little boy back to school and you know and I, I know he's thought of really, really highly amongst yeah. all his fathers. They think he's a legend, so <laughs> so it's lovely that they yeah. you know, that they wanted to do it, but also how generous and how quick it happened was incredible for us because that, that was our main concern was that it was going to take months and months mm -hmm. and I knew that once he went back to school he'd perk up because he was just at home all the time and he was yeah. really, he looked ill and he looked sad. We wanted that social interaction. Yeah, but. you know, and he's at school and he doesn't shut up. He only goes to school for a few hours a day but that yeah. few hours a day not only gets him back to school but also gives us a few hours a day respite. Of course, Which, um, yeah. It's always needed. Of course. <laughs> so, you have done so much, and your project with, and I know about Grandpa, but also you, because you were the brainchild behind it, also keeping him entertained. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's, it's inspired so many people. You know, who inspires you? What inspires you? Or who inspires oh, you? Uh, no, I, I'm not, um, I don't really. I don't really kind of like look up to many people. There's um I I I just like seeing people being nice. I think um you know, to sit and people watch and see, you know, an elderly couple give each other a kiss or hold hands or see somebody help somebody. You know all these 
all the TikTok videos, all of my favourite <laughs> ones. My yeah. favourite ones are the ones of people helping each other. I think power of kind of um, kind of people being nice is is so much better than than the rest of all of the other rubbish that you get. I think you know, and and it's such an easy thing to be able to do. And I think um, you know, it's just that little little leg up here and there for people. You know, a hug for someone who needs it. All of those things. I find I find all those things inspiring. I think when people go out of their way to, you know, run halfway up a mountain to, <laughs> to for a hospice because they looked after their nan. All those things are inspiring. Mm-hmm. You know, we went to a because um, uh, we know we're part of a hospice with Noah. They hold these uh, special days here and there. They do little parties and little afternoons so you can get to know the staff and all this stuff. But they. They do a, a like a male bereavement session where lots of um, kid, uh, any male any male family member who's lost a family member mm-hmm. goes along, and I thought it was going to be a big kind of uh, like a therapy class kind of, and you were going to kind of pour your heart out in front of these people, mm-hmm. and it was going to, and that kind of just doesn't really necessarily work for me too much. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't. It was like a, a load of really cool guys who'd teamed together in different aspects of you know whatever some of it was positive thinking some of it was keeping fit and some of it was uh, in nutrition Mm -hmm. all the things that kind of you know we all know that make your life a little bit better and they all just came together to offer their their services and and their advice and it was all free and it was lovely to go around and do it all but it wasn't until later on in the day when we sat and had lunch that we realized that behind all of this loveliness was you know this bereavement of a child yeah and um so these people are finding strength in kind of like their loss to to then turn that into a positive to go and help somebody else and i think you know they're the people i I'm, I'm inspired by i think um mm-hmm. you know those people who have who want to try and help those people go through that horrible situation that they went through and make it easier for them i think you know any, i think anyone anyone who's willing to help anyone I think you know Life's too short to be mean, I think. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's easy, it's not easy to be nice. It's <laughs> a lovely answer, thank you. So, what has been your, if you had to pin it down, what's been your greatest achievement to date? I mean, was it Ed Sheeran? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, there's so, there's so many with, with the background of yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, does it, does it get bigger? I mean, is, there, is there many more famous people than Ed Sheeran? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> is that, I mean, I mean, there are many famous yeah, people. If anyone yeah. is listening, you know, yeah. please reach out. Yeah, yeah, we've got a bit of cardboard for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was, you know, that was one of those phenomenal, you know, kind of weird things that kind of happened. But the project's been kind of like full of stuff like, like this. It's, yeah. just, it's really strange how, like I was saying before we started recording, how people have taken it upon themselves to take it in different directions and help and you know there's been so many people you know like uh, one of the members of the prodigy reached out to me and found out that i was a prodigy fan early, <laughs> early on and, Brilliant. and got me to get in touch with his manager so i could uh, get lots of <laughs> merchandise off their website for free amazing so i mean i wasn't I mean, it was lovely that i got all the t-shirts but i mean i had lots of the t-shirts already yeah but the fact that i just had a message from Maxim from um, the Prodigy was enough for me because I'm a lifelong fan, yeah. so you know I wasn't actually bothered about the T-shirts. So you know the, the thing is, it's you know it's a small world, and actually you know at some point 
one of those 750 people we've collaborated with must have known Ed Sheeran. Must have known, you know, <laughs> you, you, yeah. you know, who does that sort of, is it a three It's quite four, local as well, Three or four it? step, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and he comes across, he comes across as one of those lovely guys, like money doesn't seem to have changed him and he's just humble and, yeah. you know, and it's lovely to see him being hugely successful. I know he's a big supporter of the hospice, hospice yeah. hospitals around here. Uh, I'm sure he's a huge charity giver. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but just you know, a lovely guy again, you know, and if you can kind of surround yourself by lovely people, then there's a likelihood, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. lovely things will happen. I think, um, you know, good people attract good people, I think. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, you know, you quite often hear sort of people going, oh, well, this all's happened to me and this happens to me. And you think, well, it's because, you know, sometimes you put yourself in those positions for it to happen to you. And where, and, you know, negatively or positively, you know, I am. Um, one thing my nan, when I was talking about my nan, one thing my nan always taught me was that if you don't ask, you don't get. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel I'm kind of like cheeky enough to. You, know, <laughs> you got the cheeky yeah, child. <laughs> to, I'm happy to go over to to someone who is famous over there and ask them to get involved, because they can only say no, and I'm not gonna. Yeah. <coughs> I'm not gonna diss them or you know go boo if they don't get involved, but I'm <laughs> at least asking them. Yeah. So. So what does the future look like for you? Ah. Uh, well, we are we are gonna stop background ball for a little while. We're gonna feel like we need a rest. Yeah. Like it has absolutely consumed our lives for the last yeah. three years in the, in you know a magnificent way. But um, I just think kind of I think Laura wants the office back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Royal Mail complained. <laughs> yeah. The postman's back now. It's like, you know, he's, he's, he's in therapy himself now <laughs> for, for lugging all the stuff up the drive to the house. So I've actually become really good friends with the postman. Oh, through, I bet through, you've had through, to. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I just think we just, I don't know, we just need to reassess. It's, I think it's run its course a little bit. Yeah. And three's kind of like a lovely number. Um, you know, it's raised a load of money. It's for lots of people to go there, so you know. And <coughs> I don't want to kind of, I don't want to kind of flog it. Yeah. Um, but actually, the main reason is is, is Noah's health. I think Noah's become, you know, his health yeah. has gone downhill. That he, we struggle with it a little bit now, and it it, 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 beca- it would become so time consuming now to paint with him. Yeah. He still does one or two here and there, and I think, I think what we'll do is if he, as long as he's happy to do it, we'll. You know, do smaller little charitable events where mm-hmm. other people, where you know, we become artists for for their charity, yeah. And then we do ourselves. I think uh, it makes it a little bit more manageable. We can still have, we can still kind of keep our foot in it. You can still be background mm-hmm. Bob, yeah. But um, without kind of the pressure, massive, <laughs> yeah, a massive amount of work that goes on in the yeah. background. Yeah, yeah. of course. And yeah. He likes to do his painting, and then he likes to smile and do, and then just hand it all over to me. Yeah, <laughs> the paint. Going to sort all of that out, Dad. <laughs> but you know, I love it. I mean, I'm going to Cheltenham Paint Festival this weekend, and you know, I I love the fact that I'm going to go along. I'm going to meet up, meet with lots of artists that I've never met. Yeah. That have been part of our project. Say thank you in person, but also, Brilliant. you know, it it makes it easy for me to go and say hello to these people because you've got something to say straight away. Yeah. You know, and, they want to, you know, they want to come and say hello to me, and I want to say hello to them. So it's brilliant. So, so it's, it's not only it's broadened your social circle as well, isn't it? Oh, oh hugely, yeah, yeah. 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 Right, and hugely. I know you touched on that obviously in lockdown, but now we're out of it, and you're able to go out and see yeah. all these amazing places. And that's actually really nice because you get to go. You know, we've been invited to uh, lots of ex- exhibition openings and kind yeah. of you know and, um, uh, and and special events through the art world, and it's, and it's been really lovely to be able to actually finally do some of them. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, 
So thank you so much. One final question. If you had anything that you'd like to sort of, a piece of advice or something you want to leave the listeners with, what would it be? Be nice. Just be nice. It's like, it's, it's so easy to be nice to people. And it's, it, and, and I know it's so easy to be mean as well, but you get such a good buzz from being nice. Uh, you know, I love this, I love that, that pay it forward mentality that mm-hmm. people have. Um, you know, and quite often adopt it in various strange different positions and things. Like the other day I did ask the paper, the person's McDonald's behind me <laughs> in the drive through and I kind of, you know, I think those little moments, you never know kind of like what people are mm-hmm. feeling. And I think uh, to have that compassion with people, I think, um, you know, your little dig or your little mean comment might put someone right over the edge and actually, you know, didn't need to happen. And, and being nice is so much so easy. Yeah. It's just so easy. It's, um, I think, uh, you know, it, make, it not only does it make the other person feel good, but it makes you feel good. Yeah. And I think, um, life's too short, isn't it? Life's too nice. nice. short to be mean. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I'm the new therapist in town. If you want to hear more, please subscribe.